Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Cheatsman Family Podcast is brought to you by 804RVA. 804RVA is located at 1657 West Broad Street in Richmond, Virginia. It is the next generation of work. It is a place for freelancers to co-work. 804RVA is passionate about transforming the way people work and encouraging a culture of collaboration and innovation. To learn more about the people, the co-workers, and everyone at 804RVA, please visit their website at www.804rva.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to bring to you a very special episode featuring the heavy hitter DJ Lonnie B. Special moment for our podcast when Hip Hop Henry and I created the Cheats Movement podcast about two years ago, we had a guest list that we consider kind of the Mount Rushmore of RVA Hip Hop. Lonnie B is definitely on that, so we're very excited to have him in the building. He does not disappoint. This interview goes into his career, it goes into art and noise, it goes into the current state of hip hop on the radio. Lonnie touches it all, man, so we're very excited about this episode we encourage you to listen download please share it on social media subscribe to the cheats Amendment podcast on itunes and soundcloud obviously follow dj lonnie b on all of his platforms and his app there it, i mean it was just a really really great conversation i do have a disclaimer the disclaimer is the very beginning of the interview the very opening segment uh, did get cut off, so when you hear it, we just bring it right back in, and we bring it to Lonnie. You didn't miss anything. You miss a little bit of conversation about Jay-Z's 444 album. The other note I want to mention is that we decided not to play music during this episode simply because Lonnie was very generous with our time, and he was so great that we didn't want to break up the segments with songs in between it. We just wanted you to hear our conversation We'll get back to playing the music. We'll bring back the freestyles. We'll do all that in future episodes. So with no further ado, the heavy hitter, DJ Lonnie B. So right now, ladies and gentlemen, it is star time. And we would like to bring to you the stars of our show. The fabulous, the insurmountable, the incomparable, the mighty, mighty. Sheets Movement Family. Family. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are at 804 RVA. This is a Cheats Movement Podcast. Clap it up. Now, one of two things just happened. I'm going to explain to this. One of two things just happened. Either we're coming back from a really dope break or we're starting to show over. One of the two. Yeah. We just got to listen to what we have on the first half and then we'll come back. So if we're just coming back from a break, which could be a which could be a possibility. Yes, yes. Uh, I will quickly let everybody know that we have Big Rich in the building. We have Gigi in the building. We have KB in the building. We have co-founder, finally made it back I'm from back. Lord knows where. Hip Hop Henry's in the building. Somewhere down Hall Street. Jess is in the building. Both of our interns are in the building. Yeah. Justin and Eze. Eze's not really an intern, but he's here. You know what I mean? We appreciate it because he, you know, he's just an honorary member while the summer here. He got the Don Blackman he looks amazing. Yeah. He looks amazing if you haven't seen this. Watch, check out the picture. Spanish little boat. He should be on an album cover right now. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, we're back with our special guest, none other than DJ Lonnie B, the heavy hitter, is in the building. Yes. Yeah. And so, 
again, we just had a really uh, detailed conversation about Jay-Z's album. Hip Hop Henry had some uh, some very strong opinions about Jay-Z's situation. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I'm just saying, though, man, some people's ears are seasoned to... <laughs> Seasoned ears, bro. Eras of music. No, 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 yeah, man. You know, I've been listening to it for almost the whole week, and I still have. I don't have not formed a general opinion of it. I do like it. I do think it's a good album. I've been hearing dudes call it classics and all that. I'm not. I'm not calling it a classic. I do rock with it though. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm still forming an opinion too. Yeah, it's good. It's good, but you know. You got them stands out there. It's a classic five hours after the shit came out. Yeah, right. yeah, you got to yeah. knock it off, man. You, you know what I'm saying? You got to study. Real, real talk. I'm really, I'm album, really interested in what Lonnie. Uh, and I, I'm going to ask Lonnie. I got two important questions about Hove in, in general and Lonnie. And I want, but I want to ask KB yeah. and everybody because you make a, you bring up a good point, Rich. Yes, I do. How long, how long do you have to ride with a project before you can make an assessment of where you feel like it goes down? It varies. It varies to me. It varies with me. Like, if I, if I fuck with your shit, in my opinion, and within the week, I mean, I think that's, like, certified classic. Like, I mean, you know, equipment or, you know. So it takes you, you can, take, you can do it in a week. I can do it within a week. KB. But I mean, to, to call it a classic? Oh, I mean, oh, if oh, I like oh, the album, it's good. Me. I like it. But a classic in a week's worth of time, man? Nah. 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 I can't I see it. I mean. That's what I'm saying. I don't even think you can put a, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but I'm just saying, I, if I, in my mind, if it's a week, if I mean, it's yeah, a solid it's, week. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's been almost two weeks now I've been listening to this damn album. It's only been I mean, a week. Yeah. It's only been a week. Excuse me. Going into two weeks. Excuse me. Going into two weeks. Yeah. Like for me, I've always said, you got to let it cook for a while. Go away from it, then come back to it and see how you feel about it. Yeah. That'll let you know. For me, that's. How long does that take? I mean, let's see. Like for me, when I first heard Tribe's joint, Midnight Marauders. Like, I loved it. To me, I was like, it still ain't bad in low end, though. But, oh, you know, geez. you know. No, relax, relax, relax. Right, but right, let's, right. Like, let's say Devin? you had Elowin. <laughs> you had, no, listen, listen, listen. You had Elowin's drop after that. You had Daylight drop after that. You had a couple other albums that you had some time to listen to. Wu-Tang, Snoop Joint. You went back. When I went back a few months later to check out that tribe again, I'm like, okay, this joint is it's official. Dead. Yeah, yeah. This is that deal, so. So in a few months, you could tell whether you thought it was a classic or not. Yeah. Let it rock through the summer. Gigi, do you have an answer on this one? How long do you have to sit with a project before you determine if it's a cl- if it's a classic? I mean, some people got to listen to it once on the toilet, once in the shower, yeah. once in the car, yeah, once in the kitchen. What, what, but that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I don't need all that. You know, I mean, for me, I can determine it, in my opinion, within a few days, honestly. Like, it don't take... You know, I, I understand the idea of having to let it simmer and digest and comprehend because then, you know, you do pick up, depending on the album, you do pick up little jewels here and there every time you, you hear it. So I get it. But I mean, a week at the most for somebody like me, I don't know. That's Ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in the heavy hitter, Lonnie B. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lonnie B, was, let's, let's start, sir, with that question because you've heard a lot of music yeah. throughout throughout your career. And I'm sure there are a handful, and we'll get to this, mm-hmm. because this is a good way to ask this question in regards to kind of where you, how do you rank things. But how long do you think you really need to sit with a record before you can determine its status? Not even classic, not classic, but whether this is gonna be something I'm gonna, I'm gonna vibe with longer than the, 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 than the, the hot period. 
I mean, you, you're talking about people's opinions, man. So it's hard to put a rule on somebody's opinion. I can listen to an album, and from my first time listening to it, I can tell whether it's going to be a classic in my world. I'm, I'm not, I might not be willing to debate it with everybody else, you know, whether it's a classic or try to um, sell them on it. But in my world and in my um, collection of my love of music, if, if I listen to it one time, I think it's a classic. Can't nobody tell me different. So you, I mean, just a, but you one list. You don't, you don't have to sit with it. You won't have to wait a couple weeks. It's just that vibe. I think it, yeah. You can give me a couple of days with it. I don't know, yeah. But I mean, if I if I like it that much, I might listen to it a few times that one day, and after that, then I'll be sold on it. Hmm. Now, that look, 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 yeah, because now, now yeah. the has, fun has comes that in. Ever happened before? Well, what give what me, album that give you me some to albums that you said, like, yo, you this, is, this is that thing right here. I haven't listened to an album in I don't know how long. Like, in, in all honesty, like I haven't even listened to the whole Jay album. Mm. Like, I guess being a DJ, um, it's hard. Like, it's hard for me to sit down and listen to uh, a full album because I'm listening to so many other songs. One of the last projects that I think that caught my attention uh, was it uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly." Yeah. Yeah. When I listen to "To Pimp a Butterfly," I'm, I'm a huge fan of artistry, and when I figured out by the end of the project what he did. You know what I'm saying? I was, uh, you know, super impressed with that. Uh, before that, it might have been, um, what was Drake's first mixtape so far gone? Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah when, I first, when I first heard that for the first time, it was like, I listened to A Lust for Life like maybe four or five times before I was able to get to uh, the next song. Uh, but that's a good point because that's, that, that's uh, but is that a DJ, is that, a, is that yeah. an all-around DJ's point of view? Like, but a lot of DJs, such as yourself, who listen to constantly new material, every day something new in your inbox, is that like the norm for like most DJs? It could be. I think uh, for me, pol- dealing with uh, music from a uh, political standpoint, sometimes I think it interferes with me as, as a fan of music because, you know, I'm so busy, you know, doing what I got to do uh, business-wise. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, nah, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I heard a couple, somebody say something about Outkast. I've never in my life. Listen to an Outkast album. Really? What? Not one. Wow. Never in my life. I, I've never in my life heard one Outkast really? album. Really? Wow. Now, now, wait a minute. Hold on. Now, you Huguenot Falcon, just like I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you graduated what? Ninety two. Ninety two. Ninety two. I graduated ninety seven. Okay. All right. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. <laughs> this. <laughs> and check one off the box. High school resume check. So. So. I, I like to think, like, the, f- the first time I ever met you was 98. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I ever met you. I don't know if you remember that. A long time ago. But that year, I remember, like, 97, 96, everybody was in some outcast at that point in time. And you've never heard that whole album. Never, never once. This is rich, man. You yeah. never heard the whole album. Never. Never once. That is wild to me, man. Like, now, nah, I, was, I was so into, because uh, you're talking about around that time, I was underground, backpacked out. I'm, uh Cellar dwellers. I'm a uh, yeah, yeah, you, know, you know what I'm saying. The, uh, the, the Nas's, the, the uh, of course the Jay Z's, the Wu Tang's. Like, yeah. oh, that's that's kind of where I was at. Yeah. I was super East Coast hip hip hop. Anything hip-hop. with a raucous razor blade on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy Boy, old school yeah. underground joints, white lady. I mean, records. but being a DJ, right? And and those Outkast records, they had some big records. 
that Negro you probably would have to touch on at some party at some point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that was yeah, the, but that's, I, that's a single. So yeah. like, of course, like I've never listened to an album, but any Outkast record that I know that I needed to know, I, I, I probably know. Got those. you, wow. got you, got you. Yeah. That is really that is astonishing to me, bro. Really, and that's, yeah. but that and that's a good point too in regards to because that that was. I mean, that's the life of a DJ. Though. That's the life of a DJ in, life of in DJ. many ways. But I will say this. Andre 3000 is one of my favorite rappers, like definitely top five. Crazy. And that's, and that's, yeah. what, we're, that, that's what I was going to get to in regards to, because you'd already previously mentioned uh, artistry. Yeah. And so you mentioned the Kendrick Project, and then you talk about, so in regards to not even just the DJ stuff, but when you go back to that fan hat, you go back to that backpack rapid, yeah. you know, uh, who are some of the artists that kind of made it stick for you? That this hip hop thing was gonna be not just, not just like what made it stick for you that this hip hop thing was gonna be not just your lifeblood but also your career. What are some of those artists where at any time you can play you can play these these records and that's what's who I'm thinking of. Uh, Red Man, um, Nas, uh, Jay Z, uh, Big. I mean, of course, everybody will say that, but you know, for me to say that I was there when you know all of these things was happening, yeah. um, I, I saw that whole thing unfolding. Um, Trying to think of who else, man. Um, wasn't a Pac fan. I wasn't a Pac fan until. We have something to come. Yeah. It's fine. So, my brother. I understand. So, <laughs> again, in my household, I'm, I'm big on the East Coast rap. My little brother was uh, Tupac and Master Pete out. Mm. I hated all of it because oh. in, my, in my role. So there's a lot of similarities yeah. in the body. You have no idea. But, 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 but I will say this. But I will say this. Later in life, to go back and listen to Pac and, and the things that he was saying. As, a, as a, an adult, I have a lot more respect for him uh, and his message that he was trying to put us on to when we were younger. You know, it was just probably too, too early for me to digest it because I was thinking more freestyle battle rap shit than I was yeah. thinking about, you know, like real life. Longevity stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know right. And that's, that's tough because, I mean, the similarity is my older brother. So yeah. I got an older brother. Uh. My older brother, Mike, who is a Tupac West Coast, he switched yeah. after. And that's the formula. Let me tell you, too. The formula is you're a West Coast, then you went to Master P. Yeah. That was the formula. Was it, yeah. The one thing we could do was stick at least with the East Coast because the East Coast was always there. So when Mike was, yeah, when our older brother was doing the whole West Coast, Dr. Dre, Tupac, he loved Tupac. Yeah. I was still had Puffy in the, you know, the Juicy video in the background, and that's how, that's how it went down. But... That, I mean, that's talk, you just mentioned it as well because those artists are still artists that are working today, yeah. that are rhyming today. Obviously, we just talked about Hove a little bit, and Meth and Red was just here performing. Yeah. Raekwon is coming next week. Yeah. And so talk to me about how you've seen the culture mature because this is an interest. we're in an interesting point where now this was – one of the first albums, so there's two albums this year that really had full-grown adult, not only music, but content, and it kept that same formula. So if you look at the Tribe album yeah. that came Which out. I forgot to mention Tribe. That was one of those artists that yeah. inspired me. Yeah. No, no, but exactly. If you mention, you look at the Tribe album, and then you look at this Hove album, there were, adult, like, it, it wasn't reinvention. No. It wasn't reinvention. They were doing what they've always done. Following the same formula. And they was talking famous. about some things that were a lot more mature. The content was there. So when I go back to the question in regards to how have you just living through this whole span, how have you seen 
the maturity of hip hop culture and and are, and are we in a good place in regards to when we're talking about the generational divides and all of those things but what, what do you think about the culture and the place that it's in right now um i think it's it's finding uh it's finding a good place i, I think I, i've seen a couple of people debate about the whole um when you say like adult album you know what i'm saying giving jake the credit for being one of the first people to you know, to uh, do like a, what they would consider to be an uh, a older adult hip hop album, but um, I seen somebody bring up "Life Is Good." "Life Is Good" was, in my opinion, yeah. Shout out to now. Yeah, when I when I when I when I listen to "Life Is Good," you know, he was talking about about a bunch of things that I can relate to. Uh, I'm 42 years old, so um, when I listen to a lot of the, the the hip hop that's out there now or the rap that's out there now, I don't relate. You know, and, and unfortunately. Um, you know, for the longest time, I feel like the the industry and the way the industry is set up, they don't really care about the older side of things because they feel like there's no money there. I think right now what they're starting to see is that, that there is money there, and then hopefully what that, that will do is open their eyes and, and kind of create more platforms for these things to ex- exist. But whether they do or not, because of the power of uh, social media and technology, it's going to exist, and these artists are going to start to you know, benefit a lot more than they were in the past because nobody was really checking for them at first. Facts. All right. Do you, I mean, do you feel like, do you feel like our generation's hip-hop will ever, like, not make a comeback but still maintain with the current vibes think that, that things are going this way? Like, you know, your little Yachty and, of course, you know, the high-profile discussion that Joe Budden's had and all that stuff. I mean, do you ever see it moving? Nothing ever moves back. Everything moves forward. But do you ever see, like, a resurgence of, true form of hip-hop ever coming back? I don't really think it has to resurge. I think we just need to find our own place. I think what hip-hop is now is going to be what it is for them. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think that when a lot of the, the Wu-Tang and a lot of the other stuff that came out in the 90s, the people that grew up listening to Run DMC and you know some of that earlier hip-hop probably couldn't get with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So I don't, I'm not really looking forward or, or expecting uh, the people who, who appreciate Yachty to all of a sudden, you know, be into, you know, some real deep thought out hip hop stuff. Right. I think that just might be what, you know, what hip hop is to them. I think this current generation, like our generation is not willing to give it up. That's the way I think things, are, that's, that's the feeling I get from everybody. Like the generation, you know, like me and you, yeah. they're not like, this is, this is the generation that, you know, grew up with Rough Riders, Swiss Beats, Wu-Tang. It's like the shit was good for us. We don't want to give it up. Like, we're going to fight these motherfuckers. Yeah. Why, why, why should we have to? Why? For what? Sure, so that's, I think that's my that shit ain't as good as our music was. No, it isn't. It is, and I think this is the first generation within hip-hop who's saying, we're not letting our shit go. Fuck you, motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, all yeah. your weirdo rap shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, we not, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we're not you. giving it up. Like, the nah, Run yeah. DMC I get, heads. I was going to say that, yeah. Like, I get what you're saying. They, they let that shit go. Yeah, they, they became just, old men. But this. Yeah, they kind of just 40, faded. 42 year old, 50 year old dude. They're like, fuck you. We're not giving that shit up for nothing. G, <laughs> cool G Rap is still shooting dudes on records right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As so, we speak. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like but, they're, not, they're not giving it up without a fight, man. I think that's and and I think that excuse me, I'm gonna let you talk. But I think that you know the Joe Budden's discussion on complex it lit a lot of sh- it lit a lot of fucking fires. And it was funny because I mean it's two different worlds. Yeah, it is. So you know, like why, that was, why, do, why do they do they have to give it up? Like I think the the biggest problem is like even in the DJ world, like I am the Lonnie B to my generation. I don't, I'm not fighting to be the Lonnie B of my my daughter's generation. Right. So I think the same thing with these artists, like their problem comes when they, they want to be red and meth to an 18 year old. They shouldn't be trying to 
they, you need to know who your, your target audience is and focus on that instead of trying to focus on Word. what's not you. And I think that's Word. where where the, the where the problem lies. I think even when we start talking about uh, letting something go, the, the problem with um, our generation, our uh, generation, our demographic, there's nowhere for our music to live. There's no platform for us to uh, to go. Like, what radio station do we listen to? When we listen to, when I listen to Our Power, which is the station that I'm on, everything is young-ended for my kids. When I listen to Kiss, which in my opinion should be catered to us, they're still catering to my parents. So there's right. nowhere. We're, we're like right in a blind spot right yeah. now, musically, right. Yeah. that nobody is catering to, which in my opinion is the reason why the Art of Noise is so successful. Right. Because I'm able to give people a taste of something that you can't get anywhere else. And, you know. Yeah. And we're going to jump into that. We're going to take a quick break. DJ Lonnie, be the heavy hitters here. Clap it up for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot to get to in a short amount of time. We're going to come back and get into that Art of Noise talk. Yeah. We're going to get into that business talk. We're going to get into that heavy hitter talk because a lot of people don't really know what it means to be a heavy hitter DJ. They just hear right. heavy hitter Lonnie B yeah. and they don't even know about the whole thing. So we're going to get into all of that. Well, Lonnie B, clap it up. We'll be right yeah. back. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to jump right into it because it was mentioned at the last segment. DJ Lonnie B, the heavy hitter, is in the building. He just briefly mentioned what has to be the largest party in Richmond, Virginia. I mean, it has yeah. to be that. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be the biggest party in Richmond, Virginia. It's called the Art of Noise. Clap it up for Art of yeah, Noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and 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 so you you mentioned it. You talked about trying to you know finding that sweet spot and filling that void. Yeah. But but I know now what we just had the Fourth of July holiday. Mm-hmm. What art and noise number was this? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, somewhere. It's got to be somewhere around twenty at this point. So somewhere around twenty. Yeah. That expanded. What, what, how many years? Uh, 2012 was the first year. So 2012, 20 Art and Noise shows. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about, so you remember, obviously, Monday night, episode, uh, show around 20. Yeah. You remember episode one. Yeah. Hip Hop Henry, you said you were there, right? That was the, wait, wait, wait. Oh, good it was either, no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, no, because. There was a time when him and DJ B and Mark were doing this joint in Encore before it was even called Art of Noise. And these dudes were just... That was, that was the second Art of Noise. That was, was the like, second one? Okay, so yeah. So, so that yeah, that was Encore then. Like, and Cass was just getting loose on the tables. Like, my man... Too. Yeah, my man called me like, yo, come through. It's like juice in here. Oh, <laughs> like, Cass was... Yeah. Yeah. Word. So going back... That's a good point, though. Going back to from episode one... To episode 20 around so 2012 to 2017 Talk to us about The evolution of Art and Noise Exactly what are For people that don't know But everybody in Richmond probably does know But for the people that don't know uh, Talk to us a little bit about Art and Noise But talk to us a little bit about the journey Because I've heard some of the backstory How did did you find that system? How How did it work out? Um for me, again, I've been uh, DJing for 27 years. I've been DJing on the radio for almost 20 years. And um, it just got to a, 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 a point where I didn't love the music. 
Like, I didn't love the music that I had to play. So even though I was DJing in the, in the parties that might have had a thousand people in there, uh, I knew what songs that they would go crazy to, but I just, I didn't love it. And um, I, I'll never forget uh, Danger. I was doing one of my birthday parties. One of the biggest things I did before all the noise was my birthday party. They were always known to be packed. And one of the last parties that I did, uh, Danger made a statement to me. He said, I've never seen a party that was so packed but felt so empty. And what he meant by that was there was a lot of people there, but it, the people that grew up listening to me, like none of those people were there anymore. And I think it was because that disconnect was starting to um, show. You know, I'm playing the music that's catering to the younger crowd, so the people that loved me for something else didn't feel like they could get what they wanted from me. So with knowing that they felt that way and knowing that I didn't love what I was doing, I, I got to figure out something else to do. And I had been talking to Danger, um, man, for like, at least two or three years is when, it, when it came time to trying to figure out what I wanted to do. One day DJ B and I got on the phone and we came up, we were throwing names back and forth. We said we wanted to do a party together, four turntables and rock out. And when he said the auto noise, I don't know what made him say the auto noise. I was like, that's it. I like that's it. I started to think of everything that could be done branding wise and everything else. I was like, that's it. So uh, Thanksgiving night, 2012, we did the first auto noise, four turntables. Um, it might have been 100 people there. Mm. Yeah, 100 people. Uh, there was no money made. Whatever anybody got paid, I paid them out of my pocket. Um, mm. Wow. But at the end of the day, it was the best money ever spent because I enjoyed myself. I had fun, and everybody that was there had fun. And, and to see everybody talk about it, it, it made me feel good. It, it made me feel like, you know what, for once I came, it's been a long time since I've been able to go somewhere and just play what I wanted to play and people enjoy themselves versus having to play the top nine and nine or a fucking line dance or some shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just went in there and just played what I wanted to play and, and people loved it. So with that beginning. That was the beginning. Fast forward down to last, what, Monday night. Um, and, and even before that, because yeah. the, I know Monday night was almost a return to, to the Broadway versus yeah. Yeah. those sold out national shows. Yeah, it, it, well, it, it, it went from I was very adamant about being on a table, on a floor. I never wanted to be in a stage, on a stage. I never wanted to be in a DJ booth. I wanted it to feel like a house party. I wanted people to be able to come around and, and give me a pound while I'm DJing, tell me what they wanted to hear. Uh, the, the thing that was amazing to me was the way that people, I, I guess they, they weren't used to seeing people DJ uh, during this time frame. So what happened was people were standing around with their phones and actually video Facts. us DJing. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, they, I would add to that list too. I didn't know how to feel yeah. either way. Like, that's how – Facts. Yeah, so, you know, it was just like – it was dope to feel like they appreciate the art. They, they appreciate it. Like in radio, they, they try to teach us – like people don't want to hear you scratch. They don't, they don't like scratching. But no, females love, you know what I'm saying, watching that shit, you know what I'm saying? So um, it was amazing to see that. So it started to get, um, you know, bigger and bigger. It went from 100 people, 200, 300 people, to the point where we eventually had to leave Aqua. And, um, you know, I, I always wanted to go to, to bigger places. I, it's crazy when I think about back then, some of the places that we're in now, I, I would never have thought that we would have made it to, to that level. Um, I think the whole auto noise vibe changed when we went to the Broadbury. I, I, I said all that to, because we were talking about the Broadbury. The first time in the Broadbury, we couldn't set up on the floor. And that was the first time we ever had to go on stage. Mm -hmm. And when we went on the stage, I think that was the moment that the auto noise went from that house party to more of a, a, like a concert or a show. 
And as much as I was against it, when um, I look back at the footage and I seen the response from the crowd, I seen the lighting, it, that sh- it just felt like something totally different than just a regular old school party. Mm. So, um, you know, then went from there to bigger spots than, uh, I'll never forget, I inquired about uh, one, I think it was the National or one of these other spaces, and they was like, it's gonna cost uh, five, $6,000 to get this venue. I'm like, shit, we ain't even making that much money. We'll never be able to get into to that, you know, never knowing that we would get to that point. And, um, and, and taking it on the road. So, because it's not just a Richmond thing now. You've nah, taken nah, it up nah. and down in different locations yeah. and built. When did it click for you? Because we're all, look, look we're yeah. all obsessed with the business <laughs> end of these types of scale, like scaling. We're all obsessed yeah. with scale. Yeah. And, everybody, and if you talk to any Richmond artists, they're always trying to figure out a, a, a scale plan. When did it turn the art and noise turn from you to something that me, you know, danger be like, when did it turn from something that we kind of like doing because we felt good mm-hmm. to, yo, this is a real, <laughs> no, this is a Wait, real so thing. This is the words, biggest party. When was the moment you looked at the check and you was like, holy shit. No, when did, yeah, when, <laughs> even, <laughs> then, cause even before, even before the check, when, nah, nah, nah. when did the idea come? that this is something that is bigger than just me and my friends having a party. The last time that we did the uh, Art and Noise, if I'm not mistaken, it was either Memorial Day 2015. It had to have been 2015. It was either Memorial Day, I'm, I'm gonna go with Memorial Day 2015. Uh, me, Mark, and Skills were in the, the hotel um, getting the show together and somebody called me and said they were trying to buy tickets to the Art of Noise, but the link wasn't working. So I called the people at the National. I was like, they're saying that, that people are having problems buying tickets, and they said it was sold out. So for me, at that point, I was like, so this show is sold out, and the doors haven't even opened yet. Again, and I'm talking a show that uh, had no radio advertisement, had no flyers, had nothing. It sold out before the doors opened. That's when I felt like, yo, this is you know, something special. And from that moment, from Memorial Day 2015, every auto noise has sold out before the doors open. Wow. Crazy. Shout out to DJ Noby. Me and Noby were left on the outside for that one. No, I was, yo, <laughs> yeah. we remember it. No, we definitely remember it. That was, yeah, that was my show. birthday. It was, on my, uh, it was on my birthday. Yeah. And I hit this dude's skills danger. Nobody picked the phone. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Who cool. Hang on. <laughs> right. Don't free me. But yeah, nah, like, that was the one. Like, yo, it sold out. And from that point on, like, everyone has sold out. Like, that joint has been crazy ever since. Like, it became an in-demand ticket in the city. Like, yo, that joint comes out. Like, you better be on that list. You better yeah. get that joint early or something. Too. I'm on the you early, the early yeah. list, right? Early, yeah. Yeah. Niggas be hitting me like, yo, shoot, shoot me the link, son. <laughs> I need the link for the early tickets. But so, you know, if you've never yeah. been to them joints, they like that, man. They like that for real. And I think, I think when I really started thinking, because, again, I said I did this because I loved it. But uh, at a certain point, you got to start thinking business. And I'll, I'll never forget sitting down at uh, Panera over there in the VCU. It was me, Kelly, uh, Kelly Lemon, who by far is, I would probably consider her my partner in a lot of the things that I'm doing, period. Um, and uh, Steve Hammond, we, we sat down and we were just trying to map out. We was like, yo, we, we need to take it on the road. We need to try to do at least two or three um, auto noises out of town. And I think not long after that, we ended up going to D.C. And um, yeah, from that point, you know, my wheel started turning. Definitely, I, I never want to get 
too far away from doing it because I love it. You know, so I don't want to get so business that I'm doing it only for business purposes. Because, again, we just went back to the Broadberry for this past one because some of the core people that support the Auto Noise liked it better when it was in a smaller venue. I could have gone to the National and sold out the National and got a thousand more people in the National. So if I was doing it for business purposes, going back to the Broadberry wouldn't have made sense. But again, I'm doing it for the people and, and because I love it. So back oh. me up really quick too before unless you KBJ. No, no, no. Uh, back me up too because, like all good things, I think you start them because you love them and then it turns. Yeah. Go back. You said you've been DJing for 27 years. 27 years. You had to start DJing because you loved it. Most definitely. Especially during that time period. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit just the kind of way you, the way you talked about the art of noise. But when did you really make a switch from I'm DJing because I love to rock these parties. I love to play these records. And, I mean, hopefully it's still there to this day. No, I know still, it is. Yeah, yeah. But it did become a business some, somewhere in there. Yeah. How did how did that and talk told me about in yeah. particular because this is we all love this time period <laughs> this time period that we're talking about yeah. is something that we can all relate to uh, so talk to me about the time period of what it meant from being a DJ that wasn't on the radio a DJ that was just rocking parties to this yeah. change in business when I when I first started DJing I remember being scared to ask for a hundred dollars because a hundred dollars sounded like a lot of money when I first when I first started. Um, <laughs> that's, that, that's yeah. still happening um, You know So I, I remember those days And um, there was, there's a promoter Named Mouse Jones Well I started doing, Throwing house parties And um, I started Throwing parties In the building Which it was known As Armani's But before Armani's It was just a hotel Ballroom And we were selling out The, um, the ballroom Me and my friend Tony Scott Rest in peace um, You know we were, we were throwing All of the parties In, in that, um, spot, that space And it was a big club Named Magic City In, in Petersburg and everybody, the, the promoter uh, name was Mouse Jones, and yeah, he Mouse started Jones. wondering. Mouse. Yeah, Mouse used to always ask, why is the club empty? And somebody would say, um, this kid Lonnie B is throwing a party in the city. So he's like, I got to meet this. I, I want to meet this kid Lonnie B. So somebody took me to Mousey, and I had to be like about, uh, I was 20 or 21. And Mousey offered to pay me $500 to DJ for like 15 minutes. And that's before I understood, like, Brent, he understood that if he put my name on it, people would follow me and he would make money. I, I just thought, like, yo, he's paying me 500 to, to DJ. But I think at that point is when I started to think, like, yo, I could really went from scared to ask for $100 to now I'm making $500 to uh, DJ um, in the club. Um, things went good for a minute, and uh, Danger and I met. We got an apartment around... The time, like not, it had to been right around that time frame, that 21, 22 year old time frame, and uh, the money slowed up as a DJ, and I had to move back with my mom. So for me, it, 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 that was the point where it was like, okay, I gotta go get a real job. I gotta go get a real job, and um, this DJ thing ain't working. Even though I still did it because I loved it. I remember we worked in City Hall. Uh, my, uh, my oldest daughter's mom had ended up getting pregnant with my first child. Um, so this was around um, like 22, 23 years old. And when it came time for raises, everybody in there got a raise much higher than mine. And I asked them why it was my raise not as much as everybody else's. They told me because I didn't have a college degree. Everybody else went to college and for whatever reason, that pissed me off. And from that moment, at 23 years old, I quit that job and I said, I got to make this DJ thing work. And I never worked another job after that. Dope. 
And then I, I will say um, part of the um, motivation was behind it was because I had a daughter. So losing was not an option. I had to provide for my daughter. True indeed. We're going to get into that. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to take one more break, and then we're going to come back. Because not only did he go from never having another job again, he yeah. went to being one of the – look, I don't, even what the, I don't know what the word is. Infamous, legendary. heavy, legendary, heavy, hit, heavy hitter DJs. Which yeah, yeah, again, yeah. for most people that don't know, is not just his nickname. Been saying heavy hitter Lonnie B. It actually means something much more than that. It's one of the. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna come back. We're gonna take a quick break. Come back with our last segment with DJ Lonnie B. Clap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, clap it up. Cheese Movement Podcast. Yeah. Before we go any further, we got to uh, thank our sponsors one more time, 804 RVA. It's a co-working space, one of the best co-working spaces in Richmond. You need to come check them out. They're on West Broad Street. For those of you who are familiar with the Camel, it is right on the same block, on the same corner as the Camel. Uh, it's right across the street from Lowe's, 1657, I believe, West Broad Street. 804 RVA is one of the best co-working spaces in Richmond. Shout out to Larkin. Shout out to Sarah. Clap it up. They are the official sponsors of the Chief Movement Podcast. And we are glad to be members of the family. No doubt. KB, how you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm good. Gigi Broadway, how you feeling? Great. <laughs> 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 so dramatic, Gigi. So dramatic. You know what, though? Uh, we're here with our special guest, man. It's a long time in the making. Heavy hitter DJ Lonnie B. And I say that. Uh, we were just talking a little bit about things like the art in- <laughs> These things like the Art and Noise Party. We were talking a little bit about kind of changing that start, this, the, the beginning of his DJ career. Yeah. But one of the things that uh, has to be a pinnacle moment uh, for you, and I want you to tell us a little bit about it, is uh, being a heavy hitter affiliate DJ. Yeah. And I know, I know, I know some of it DJ enough and some of, the, uh, and some of the other members across the nation. Rest in peace, Timbuktu. Yes. But, but, what does that mean for people that don't know? Being a heavy hitter affiliate DJ, what does that mean? What I mean, I know y'all do conferences and all kinds of things, yeah. and there's a real plan behind. Uh, talk to me about being tapped, and then talk to me about what what does that mean? Um, so in order to be a heavy hitter, uh, pretty much uh, the heavy hitters, you you had to be that guy in your market. Like they pretty much just wanted the top DJ from different markets. Um, uh, I'll never forget uh, when. Al Lindstrom called me and said that they're looking uh, to expand the heavy hitters and they're looking for somebody in Virginia. And my name came up and would I be interested? And I was like, yeah. Um, I, I got on the phone with uh, Enough and not long after that, um, they made me a, a heavy hitter. The craziest part though, um, I don't know a lot of, if a lot of people know it or not, but um, I became a heavy hitter and had him like around 2003, 2004. It wasn't until years later that Enough had ever heard me uh, DJ. Um, <laughs> How does that work? How does that work? So Enough said that another one of the main reasons why he wanted me to be a, a heavy hitter because he was a fan of me as a rapper. And he knew I DJ, but he was a, much, he was a big fan of Lonnie B. the rapper. So um, he, he, I, I think I have video footage of him saying it. Like, that's why, you know, I, I really made it into the, um, the crew. Well, you know, but thankfully I was a dope DJ, you know, outside of being, <laughs> you know, a rapper. But, um, no, nah, it, it, that, that came at a time when, again, like, I felt like I needed something else. 
you know, uh, by that time in my career, I had already been DJing, um, man, at, at least for uh, almost 15 years. I had been on the radio for maybe about, you know, uh, three, four years. Um, but I felt like I needed something else, and, and that was almost like a power pellet. You know what I'm saying? That I kind of felt like, you know, I, I can take this and do something with it, you know? No doubt. I mean, it's definitely it's interesting because I do see the collection of DJs, and it's an amazing collection of some of the best DJs across the nation. Mm-hmm. And I don't – I since then, I've seen other DJ crews try yeah. to pick it up nationwide, and different people have different things. But it seems like that stamp as, as a heavy hitter DJ yeah. is, is the stamp. That's the only, thing. It was only a few DJ crews back then. I, I, I remember, uh, remember um, Funk Flex had the big dog pit bulls. Yeah. And, you know, Khaled is, is one of the big was a pit bull. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mr. C, a whole bunch of those other people. Um, Kanye West is actually a heavy hitter. If you look on Kanye West albums, right. the logo, the heavy hitter logo yeah. is on the majority of all the Kanye West albums. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have one thing, one question. The abstract radio joint. How y'all pull that joint off? Abstract radio. Yeah. On uh, beats. Yeah. Um. So skills A and R. Uh, Reef. Rob Reef Tulo. Um. I think he he had a lot to do with uh what was going on over there at uh. And uh, Beats, what is it? Was it, it was Beats, Apple? Yeah, yeah, Beats One. Yeah, Beats One. Beats yeah. And um, because of the success of the Art of Noise, um, he reached out to to us and was like, yo, why don't y'all do a show? Because of, you know, the, the vibe and the movement that y'all got going on, why don't y'all put together a show for, you know, the Q-Tips radio show? And I was like, let's do it. And we had to put that show together in like a week, and, you know, it was an honor to, to do it. Let me ask this, too, because we were talking about your kind of kind of your preferences in regards to MCs. Yeah. DJs is a whole different thing. And I'm not and I'm not going to put you on the spot in that yeah. way, but I do you've been you, you've been to places where there's other DJs, maybe you come on later, maybe you come on earlier in regards to the tools and 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 what you do directly mm-hmm. in regards to the tools of what makes a good DJ. What are the some of the things? Because it's much more than just it's understanding the crowd. Tell me, I, mean, I, I don't, yeah. I can't say I'm not a DJ. Yeah. But what are the things that when you got those fifteen hundred people in the building, how do you make sure that they're rocking? You got to know the music. You got to know the music, and you got to know how to uh, read the crowd. You got to know when not to jump the gun because there 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 are those huge records that you can play that you know that people are going to go crazy over. If you're DJing a party and a party is four hours long and you play all those records between 10 and 11.30, what are you going to play for the rest of the night? So you got to know how to, you know, spread it out. You got to know how and when and if to bring a, a record back, you know, and play it twice in the night. Because if you do it and you don't do it right, then they're going to say, I went to a party and the DJ was playing the same shit all night long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think the thing that what some DJs got to remember, though, is we all know the records that's going to make them go crazy, like the, the, the most popular records. The one thing that's going to make people talk and the thing that they're going to remember the most is that record that you're going to play, that you play, that they don't remember or they don't expect to hear. You know, I think that record that they're going to leave and say, I can't believe that motherfucker played the theme song to the Jeffersons. 
and everybody was in there just yeah, singing yeah, and shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, 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 it's, and it's true. It's, it's, it's things like that, you know what I'm saying, that people will remember and talk about. Do you see a, a bright future? Because I know one of your daughters is a DJ. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you, see, hmm. do you see them carrying the torch like all parents do, you know? I'm not, you know, believe it or not, man, I'm not really uh, focused on that. Like, my, my goal, instead of being, you know, a hip-hop due to them is just being a dad. Like my thing is I want to make sure I inspire them to do whatever it is that they want to do, whether it's hip hop related or not. Like even with my son, like, you know, I, I dress my son up in hip hop gear and all yeah. the other stuff all the time. But my biggest goal is raising him into a man because, you know, rappers, DJs, all that shit come and go and play out. But a real man, you know, people, they, they need those. They never play out, you know what I'm saying? So my, my goal is to make sure I raise him into a man, you know. If, if none of them decided to do anything in hip hop, I wouldn't be disappointed at all. Because right. if they did it because they felt like that's what I wanted to do and not what they wanted to do, I would be disappointed in them because I want them to follow their heart. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, speaking on that, how did, how did your daughter get into DJing? Was that something she just picked up from watching Pops get busy? Yeah. Or? I got a picture of her, because um, Lil Nicky actually DJs. And I, I was doing a photo shoot of Lil Nicky one day, and she was downstairs when I was doing a photo shoot. And she got on the turntable, and it just looked cute. Right. But my daughter, Aaliyah, um, her, her youngest, my, my youngest daughter, Alexis, went to private school. Aaliyah went to public school, so she would ride with me to work and watch me DJ at the radio station. One day, um, I think once I finished my own ass shift, she went into the, to the booth and was messing around with it. And I was watching the way her hands and everything was moving, the way she was controlling everything. And I was like, yo, you know that you really could do this because you look like you really know what you're doing. Yeah. I said, if I showed you, you really could learn how to do it. And, you know, the rest was history. I have the whole thing on, on video, um, the way I taught her. And um, th th another thing that helped her out was she was a cheerleader. So one of the big things about DJing is, is knowing you count one, two, three, four, and right, all those right, things. Right. So just knowing that she knew those things already and, you know, kind of explained to her how to uh, use that in, in the DJ world, it was kind of an easy thing for her to pick up. That's dope, too. Yeah. Definitely dope. And we seen her at Art of Noise. Yeah. Doing some thing. And you gave her a real special moment, man. It was the MC moment. Light moment. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's my youngest daughter. My youngest okay. daughter is Alexis. And, um, you know, um, you know, she, she memorized that MC Light rap. She loved Cha Cha Cha. I don't know why she picked up on the record. <laughs> but she loved that record. She went and pulled up the, the lyrics on the internet, learned it. Um, whenever she went somewhere, she would just start saying that rap and... and so um, I was like, yo, I want to bring her out on stage when last year, Memorial Day, I brought her on stage and she did the rap in front of everybody and the crowd went crazy. And I was thinking to myself, how dope would it be to bring MC Light out? You know what I'm saying? While she was on stage doing it. Yeah, why, you know, why yeah. not? Yeah. Why not? Why not bring MC, yeah. why not bring MC yeah. Light out? You know, just because. I, I got on the speed dial. Yeah, <laughs> Let me make it happen. Yeah. Because Lord knows you couldn't bring Rhapsody out there and anybody know any lyrics. Why are you dissing? <laughs> See why? Why? We had a running situation, but we'll we'll go to another day about that. Yeah, yeah. Rhapsody, I is, love Rhapsody, Rhapsody, though, Rhapsody is dope. Yeah. I love Rhapsody. I love. Oh yeah. yeah. That makes two. That makes two of us. DJ Lottie B. It makes two of us. No, nah, I mean, but that's a, killing me, son. No, nah, but that's a, that's a dope moment, man. And yeah. and, and and having that. Because we're uh, have all of us, most of us here are parents in, in, in yeah. the room, and it yeah, just—I'm I'm not that great of a parent. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's all—it's all—it's all you know, cursing and stuff in the car, and I look in the rearview mirror and they're cussing too, and I'm like, I, 
<laughs> but those, those are moments that they'll, you know, they're, they're hip hop moments, but they're moments that they'll never take away no matter what. Those are daddy moments. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the important. Yeah. Let me ask you this before we get you out of here, because uh, and Gigi had mentioned this as well uh, when we were talking earlier before uh, before you coming in. It was just in general. Let, and, and this is this is the part of the segment KB and hip hop where the hate does come in. Well, we got you know he's we've been very we've been we've been very we've been very accommodating to DJ Lottie B this whole time, but this is where the hate does come in in regards to the role of radio in general. Now, and obviously, you've made uh, you know power I power ninety two is is a is a is a is a radio pillar in our community, and so we're always just trying to figure out um, the role of radio. We talk to a lot of independent artists. And if their great gripe is is the business or the is is the business part of the radio business, which is a little bit different than the music business, but the business part of the radio business. You're somebody that had to navigate the business part of the radio business. Mm-hmm. What do you see as the role of radio when it comes to music, when it comes to music promotion, when it comes to independent artists? Uh, there's this misnomer, if you will. That Atlanta gets on because Atlanta DJs play Atlanta records on the radio. Uh, and I, I think, it, but my, my thing is, I'm sure just as many uh, artists in Atlanta feel the same way. Because oh, absolutely! Yes, no, this is, is yeah. Because my, my thing is, every every yeah, yeah, yeah. every yeah, record yeah. is not getting on the radio. Absolutely, it's a universal thing. But break it down for because this is like a you know I'm sure you've heard this yeah. every time you go outside. The biggest thing is I, I think. Uh, I mean, since we we bought to get real with it, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I think a, a lot of artists um, are selfish because here's the thing: if, if if you put me in a room with ten artists, the first thing they all say is, you know, radio. We don't support local hip hop. But what they really is, what they're really saying is, you don't support me because if I play nine of them, that one who's not getting played is going to still feel like we don't support local hip hop. Facts. But if I if I don't play if I play one out of the ten, that one that I'm playing will feel like I'm I'm supporting local hip hop. Right, I feel good. Yeah, I feel good. So my thing is they need to stop you know trying to hide behind the local hip hop and just say that that you know radio doesn't support me. Another thing in 2017, any rapper that's using radio as an excuse for you not being successful in 2017 with social media and the internet, like you're still trying to play the game by the rules that they play in the 90s. Mm. Like, it's, like, it's no reason. Like, you don't need radio. Like, I just sold out the national. I just sold out the national. I work for radio. We just sold out the national with the auto noise and didn't run one radio commercial, didn't run, make one flyer. All we did was post it on social media. Mm. But let's say 10 years ago, I would have had to spend thousands of dollars on radio to promote it. So with that being said, if your music is dope, and you have an audience, they're checking for you. The, the, the way that the Art of Noise grew was people came there, they appreciated it, they told more people about it, more people came. Word of mouth. Then, yeah, it, and, and it spread it. So the same thing with, with your music. If your music is dope, somebody's gonna tell somebody about it, they're gonna listen to it, you'll get a follower, and, and, and it'll almost be a um, snowball effect. But the funny thing is, even with all of that, because I know you, I can say yes. this, you're somebody that I know cares about independent artists and independent artists in the city. You, there's countless numbers of artists that can call you 
and you would give them to your ability the best advice you possibly can. Unfortunately, though, I feel like you know, I've always given my number to any artist, rapper, anybody. The, the sad part is if I'm not saying I'm going to play your record and I'm giving them game, everything else sounds like Charlie Brown math teacher to them. What? If I'm not, if I'm not saying I'm going to play your record. Yeah, that's definitely they don't care that's about way none believable. Of, right I can talk there. all this internet shit. I can give them all of the game. Make sure you you branding. Make sure all this. They don't care about none of that shit. If I don't say I'm going to play your record on the radio, they don't give a fuck about nothing else that I say. I can I can believe that. That's crazy. Definitely I can, I can believe. believe. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think and I think it's unfortunate yeah. because I just told you from 23, I'll be uh, 43 this year. So for for the past 20 years of my life, I figured out a way to. Buy a house, buy a car, send my daughter to college, pay for my daughters to go to private school, all that shit off of the music industry and, and hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So obviously I know a little something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, 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 and I try to tell people everything that worked for me because there, no, there is no manual to this shit. You know what I'm saying? It's trial and error. You know? So, um, but they, all they want to really do is hear their song on the radio so they can lip sync it in the mirror and feel good. And, and they, I mean, they, they're, more about, they're more concerned with that than actually being successful, than, than having their, their, their music or, or having their record played when they know that if people hear it and like it, it's for sale. Like, you know, that's, that, those are the types of things I would tell somebody. Before you try to get it on the radio, make sure it's for sale because if, if people hear it and like it, where are they going to get it from? Exactly. If you don't have it set up and, and, and ready to be in stores, by the time you go through the process to get it wherever it needs to be or online or whatever, it'll die down and nobody gives a shit no more. Music is too disposable in this day and time. So you got to be ready as soon as you pull that trigger. Ladies and gentlemen, clap it up for DJ Lonnie B. Those were jewels. That's jewels right there. We had to get into it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take... We're, we're, we're going to get out of here. We're going to take one quick, quick pause. Come back. Everybody that wants to can ask a quick... Quick, Justin, quick, lightning round, <laughs> lightning round question, and then we'll wrap it up. I'll start with, uh, well, no, 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 I'll finish with the lightning round, but think about, we got the heavy hitter DJ Lottie B, yeah. we're at 804 RVA, this is Chief Movement Podcast, we're about to do the quick, quick lightning round with Lottie B, then we're going to get him out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, we're very excited about this, this is, a, this is monumental for our show, clap it up. Word up. Who's got... Ladies and gentlemen, Cheese Movement Podcast, Lightning Round, DJ Lonnie B is here. <laughs> yeah. Hip-Hop Henry, you started off. All right, let's go. All right, so what's the next step after Art of Noise? Um, I'm looking to launch my own internet radio station and DJ school. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Yikes, and we can't ask a wow. follow-up. We need we need to come back. You need to come back for the yeah. follow-up on that one. KB, KB. I mean, I know you're a hip-hop head, but do you prefer, I mean, you're, you're a DJ, but do you prefer rhyming or DJ? I know you still spit, right? Yeah, I still I still I know, spit. I know it. Um, but uh, DJing, I think uh, DJing, being a DJ was part of the best move for me because DJ, being a DJ gives me more power. You know, I don't have the pressure of having to write the um, uh, the hit record. I make everybody else have to write them. I just play them. Got you. Got you. Now, I know you spoke on, like, the artist perspective in regards to the radio, but what about, like, the listener? And, like, what is your remedy for the perception of redundancy and repetitiveness of what's going on in the radio now and is it dead and can it be revived if it is going to that desolate part where it's not going to be needed for much mm-hmm. um, I think uh, 
you know, it all comes down to the powers that be. I, I try to choose my battles. Like, instead of me trying to go in there and make them understand the way that I think, I just try to take control of that time that I'm on the radio. So I can't change and make the radio play all the right shit 24-7, but I know that at 5 o'clock, if I want to, because they respect everything that I've done throughout my career, if I want to, even though in the radio world nationwide, they, they will probably say it doesn't make sense, I can go in there and play a Talib Kweli record. I can go in there and play an album cut off of Illmatic, and they won't question me. So I know that those are the things that, that, kind of, that brings a little color to what um, people, you know, are tired of hearing, you know? Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Top five dead or alive. Ooh. Jay-Z, not no, no order. No order. No order. Uh, Jay-Z, uh, Nas, Andre 3000. Um, Always murky now. Always murky now. Last two. Last two, last two, last two, last two. Uh... Come on, man. Red, red man. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, last one, last one, last one, last one. Dead or alive. I'll go with Kendrick. Mm. Mm. All right. Now, wait, wait. Hold on. Six men. Six men. You always got to do the six men. Comes off the bench. Yep. Come off the bench. You cleaning the house on Sunday. Put it on. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, J. Cole. Oh. Justin? Justin? So do you think 444 is the last Jay-Z album that we'll ever hear? As much of a Jay-Z fan that I am, I would probably hope so. Um, because at, at the end of the day, I don't know what more, you know, when, the, the thing that people, when I look at Jay-Z, when you start talking about the best rapper ever, man, I look at Jay-Z's body of work like a movie. Imagine the, the kid that came in the game talking about all this hustle, hustle shit, and he went through all this whatever, you know, uh, ain't no nigga like the one I got and I want to fuck you better, to falling in love, to doing all the other stuff, to getting to the point now that he's dropping all these things and looking back at everything he did in the past. As you know, like almost like he wish he wouldn't have did some of these things. It's like watching a gangster movie. Think about the, the the guy in the gangster movie that's doing all that shit and fall in love. Now he want to get out the game. Like his body of work, man, over the the past what, like twenty years almost. Like that, how how can that not be looked at as the best ever to do it? The shit that he raps about is real life shit. I got the hottest chick in the game wearing my wearing chain. Wearing my chain. Like I mean, like like real shit. And she was in the video wearing the chain. Yeah. Simple things, but I'm just saying, like, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. the All three parts. I'm gonna cheat because I got two quick ones. And well, it, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, am, I am. I got two. I got you. I got to take privilege on this one because uh, I seen. Ray, for those that don't know, Raekwon is here on Tuesday. Right. I seen DJ yeah. Lonnie B do some shit at the last Raekwon show that I'd never seen before. Raekwon was just naming records, yeah. and Lonnie B was like, "I got this." So my quick my quick question for you is, uh, not just like an art and noise party, but a DJing for an artist. What was the funnest the funnest show with an artist you've ever had? Who was the artist? You mean that, that I actually DJ? You DJ for the artist, but it was just because like obviously you and you and Raekwon was magic, but that might have been 
unless I'm over, you know, looking at anybody, that might have been one of the few times that I've gotten to do that. That was actually one of the things that I wanted to do. Like, I've always wanted to travel with an artist as their DJ for two reasons. Number one, uh, you know, I love to travel. It wasn't until 2010 that I started flying again, but once I did, I wanted to, you know, start traveling the world. But to DJ for artists and on the flip side, I love photography. So to be able to just document everything, you know, when I'm not DJing. So um, it's something I've always wanted to do, never got a chance to do it, but when I got the opportunity to spin for Ray, you know, that was um, a highlight of, of my career as a DJ, definitely. And then this one here, because KB alluded to, you get you still get busy with the rhymes. You, you, you're a rapper first. Yeah. So the question is, you can guest spot on a track with three other MCs, living or dead. You can guest spot on a track with three MCs, living or dead. Who are those three MCs? It's like what? Like, a, uh, like it's one song, but you can pull anybody from Big Pun to Big L to J. Who's on the track that, that Lonnie B spits on? Think of it like uh, what, was the, what, was, what, was the, what was the Puffy uh, remix, but big. And but like uh, bad boys, uh, oh the flavor in your. Oh, think about like the flavor in your ear remix. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you got three other MCs you can pick to spit with. Um, for no particular reason, I would probably say, well, the reason would be because these are the probably the rappers that probably inspired the way I rap uh, the most. I would probably, and just for me personally, it would probably be uh. Uh, Red Man, uh, Lord Finesse, Jay Z. Mm. Mm. That's me. And I, I'm just thinking about me as a rapper. Like I don't, I don't think anybody inspired me more than probably those three. As, as far as uh, I mean, Kane did too. I think anybody that was real big on the punchline stuff. But I think those three more than anybody. Will Will we be seeing a, a Lonnie B record anytime? Lonnie B rapping record. I know you're on the Whole Foods, the Whole Foods remix. Um. I said there's only one way. Uh, one other thing that I want to do um, is I want to write a book. I want to write a book, and uh, the book is called uh, The DJ Diary, and it's pretty much the story of my life. And um, the only way that I would ever do a, a rap project, it would be uh, to do a soundtrack to my book. And uh, Dope. Yeah. yeah, that'll be, yeah. And I probably shouldn't have said that because I don't want nobody to take my idea. Yeah, yeah you yeah. said the name yeah, and everything. You said the that name, too, you dropped but, but, everything. But it's documented that I said it first. So that is true. It's here yeah. forever. You bite us. Get the fuck off the name. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I already got the uh, the domain and everything, so they Word. can't go snatch all that. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and one of the things that we do, and everybody clap it up for DJ Lonnie B, the heavy hitter. It's just a special <laughs> moment for us. Uh, one thing I do want to highlight, too, um, and, and this isn't talked about a lot um, in regards to all the ways that you do give back uh, to the community, you give back to the culture, and you give back to the city. Mm-hmm. And it is important for us to note that someone in your position that's still in, you know, still very active in hip-hop culture, which doesn't necessarily get noted for giving back, all the ways that you and your team and your partners do give back to the community, I've seen toy drives to everything from, you know, you guys at schools and everything. I mean, we just follow it. Uh, so on the note of getting out of here, uh, and obviously you talked about uh, being a father as well, but talk to us a little bit about the just that spirit and you and your team uh, to give back to the community that, in which you've been raised in. But, but why is that so important to you before we get out of here? It's important to me. I'm, uh, I grew up in a single-parent household, so my mom raised me and my brother. So I'm one of those kids that grew up um, – 
enrichment, recreation, and park. You know what I'm saying? So I know the importance of, you know, somebody being there to, you know, be there and guide these kids and, and keep them on the right path. I broke into the recreation center and got caught, and they could have sent me to juvenile, but instead they heard that I wanted to be a DJ and gave me the opportunity to DJ at the rec center, and that's where my DJ career, you know, started. Um, every kid ain't going to make it to college. You know what I'm saying? So I think for me, I, I would just want to make sure that, you know, they, they understand that they can find something they're passionate about and, and make a living and, and be just as financially successful as a person that goes to college. You know, I'm not saying don't go to college, but, you know, I don't want you to feel like because you don't go that the game is over. You know what I'm saying? But I don't, I don't know if anybody is teaching these kids or telling them that. So um, I, I just think it's really important, man. I, and I think it's, 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 it's dope to – be able to do this now while we're still in the game heavy and not saying this is what I want to do now that my career is faded, faded away. You know what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, there we have it. Look, Gigi's about to tear up over there. <laughs> Clap it up. <laughs> DJ Lonnie B, everybody. Yeah. Long time in the making hip-hop. We pulled it off. Word. KB, we pulled it off. We did it, Brooklyn. We did it. We did it, Brooklyn. <laughs> Until next time, yeah. when, they drop, look, when they drop that project, everybody's yeah. it. Cheats Moving Podcast, we're out. We see it. We see it.